how are we doing and welcome to another episode of the dedicated transform your body mind and life podcast hope everyone's had a good christmas good new years that does sort of bring us on to our next topic so obviously typically when it comes to um, christmas time new years people do get that deload period they do get to relax they do get to rest and they give their body a bit of an unwind now the downside of that is what usually comes with Christmas is the late nights. What usually comes with New Year's as well is the odd late night here and there. So even though we do have a bit of a deload period and we sort of unwind and we relax, some parts of that, i.e. the late nights, can be a bit detrimental. So that's what we've noticed with some of our check-ins and obviously it happens year after year. It's to be expected, obviously, it's family time, you know, whether it's family, friends, with the other half, whatever. It's once a year, it's, it's going to happen, but there are some things that we can put in place. Now, on top of that, we do work with a lot of high achievers. We work with a lot of busy professionals, business owners, people in very demanding jobs. Um, so they tend to be running a little bit more than your average person, um, which makes it even more detrimental. And on top of that, for people who train and who put their body under sort of more stress than your average person, even so, it can be more detrimental. So do just want to go for a few tips, a few things that can help people and the damages. I mean, you have, most people will just think, you know, it's just a bit of sleep I've missed out on. You know, you feel rough for, for a day or two and then, and then back on track. But it does go a lot more in depth than that and it can be a lot more detrimental than it looks like on the surface. So first things first, Ideally, we all want to be looking at about seven to eight hours sleep to be in a comfortable spot each night. Anything less than that and you will be sacrificing something in some area of your life, whether it's from a creativity point of view, a memory, um, or there could be some increased body information, uh, whether it's to do with uh, muscle or brain, somewhere regeneration is, is not occurring. And like I said before, these symptoms are a lot worse for people like ourselves who sort of have active lifestyles and we participate in in training, obviously doing what we do. Now, one full night of sleep can make up for, you know, a full night's missed sleep. We've all done it once or twice, let's be honest. You know, these things happen, um, late night, broken sleep, whatever. It can be recovered, but there's a difference between the odd night here and there versus um, an accumulative buildup of sleep loss, which is dangerous and is very detrimental. There was this test done on, obviously it was a bit of a cruel test, but it was done on uh, rats a long time ago and they kept getting woken up um, every time they tried falling asleep. Uh, and on average, it took three weeks for them all to die. Obviously, it couldn't be tested on humans, but the logic is there. So let's go to a few pointers in terms of what we can do to help aid with sleep and to go through some of the drawbacks as well with, with loss of sleep. I think the main thing here for most people, and this definitely comes from a lot of feedback with clients over the past few years as well, is mentally. Now, a lot of people won't realize, but their sleep or lack of sleep is is connected to, to how they're feeling mentally. Obviously, there are other external factors as well for certain people, um, other circumstances, but for a lot of the time, it does come down to a loss of sleep and it can be a vicious cycle. But typically people just think, you know, your average person, if they're feeling stressed, they'll go to the gym. That's fair enough. You know, your average person will think, right, I just want to get up, even if they're stressed, even if they're feeling a bit drained, they'll still get up, get on with the day and try and get everything sorted. But what they don't realize is 
most people wake up, well, all people wake up with X amount of mental bandwidth in the morning. And we look at it like a battery and everything you do throughout the day, whether it's choices in what you're wearing, what you're eating, where you need to be, conversations with people, this will always drain throughout the day. And you might have, you will all know someone who's got not a very physically demanding job. Accountants, for example, they sit down all day. You know, people who work in offices sit down all day. It is what it is. That's not to say their jobs aren't stressful because we work with a lot of people in a lot of different types of jobs and they are at the top of the list in terms of stress-related um, so even though they're sat down, it's still mentally draining because of what they have to go through, because of who they have to speak to and, and all the rest of it, just like quite a lot of jobs. Now, it doesn't just take a rest day from the gym or a couple of minutes away from the screen to fix that. It comes down to your brain actually switching off and essentially to get to that level, you have to be in a deep sleep. So just relaxing on the sofa is not going to replenish that battery just chilling out and having a rest day from the gym is not going to replenish that battery. Even though when people are stressed, nine times out of 10, they want to get to the gym, they want to vent, that can actually be more detrimental. Sometimes it's worth making sure you get that rest in there. And I don't just mean a rest day, whether it means an early night, whether it means getting in bed, whatever, your brain needs to be switched off for that battery to recover, for that mental bandwidth to be recovered. And only then are you in a better place mentally? Maybe not 100%, but you will show your shit be in a better place than if you were to go the opposite end of the spectrum. So sometimes, you know, nine times out of 10, it does come down to male clients. It does come down to stubbornness where we want them to have rest days. Sometimes they'll be so adamant on training. They want to unwind. They want to you know, de-stress. And it, it ends up being more detrimental and it can be a vicious cycle. So if you're just putting stress on top of stress, you are just going to make poorer choices. If you're putting stress on top of stress, your sleep is just going to be worse. It, you're only digging yourself deeper into this, this grave. So be smart with your sleep. You want to hit your sleep at the same intent as you would a training session. Obviously, you're not throwing weights around whilst you're sleeping, but the, the drive that you put into a training session, the drive that you put into your cardio, all of the aspects of your life need to be hit with the same sort of drive, with that same intensity. Um, so, you know, attack it as if it was a training session. Put emphasis on it. Now, a couple of things that people sense sort of, sort of slip up with when it comes to uh, their sleep or getting in some form of sleep routine or trying to recover. Um, for example, if you have a late night, you know, people, you need to stay hydrated um, more so than a normal day. Now, cells require both water and minerals, so optimizing your cells' environment becomes more important if you're sleep deprived or if you've not have if you've not had full sleep. So people need to you know you need to stay hydrated, and it also helps with your appetite, which usually goes all over the place with loss of sleep. Um, be smart with your caffeine. Most people have a late night or, or whatever; they'll miss out on their sleep and they'll use caffeine to sort of boost themselves up the next morning. Now, I'm not saying stay away from caffeine, I'm not saying stay away from pre-workouts, but don't put yourself into a cycle where you're having to use something every day to wake yourself up and then having to use something every day to put yourself to bed and so on and so on because it only gets worse and your body only becomes dependent on it. As well as that, you know, the, the, ideally in an, in an ideal world, you want that caffeine to be out of your system well before late afternoon just so it doesn't affect sleep the next day. It can build up. There is a half-life, just like meds, just like dosage of medicine. There is a half-life to caffeine. There is a, a length of time it will stay in your system for it. It doesn't just disappear. 
if I take that into account, and for people who put extra sugars in there, more sugars equals harder crushes. Right? So you might feel good for a few minutes, you might feel good for an hour or so, but there will come a crush with it. So when it comes to dosing or when it comes to the delivery of whichever caffeine you're going for, whether it's an energy energy drink, whether it's a pre-workout, whether it's coffee, take into account the delivery. Personally, I never shot anything. I've never had an espresso in my life. I drip feed caffeine into my system so that there's no crash. Yeah, the initial boost of energy isn't exactly a boost. It's drip fed into my system, but it means levels are a little bit more steady and there's no hard crashes. A few other tips, cardio, um, sort of mild movement first thing in the morning can help realign your um, scadian rhythm and eliminate some of that sleep deprived um, anxiety. Um, so a lot of the times it's, it's always dependent on your routine, on your lifestyle, your job, you know, what you do, but do try and get people out first thing in the morning, whether it's their cardio, whether they're doing it at home, whether they're doing it in the gym. Well, luckily, we, a lot of our clients have dogs, so it's a routine for them to get out with their dogs. That can help. Um, food is a big one here. So eating clean, eating the right types of foods. Now, sleep cycle sort of regulates your, your appetite. And sleep deprivation causes hunger hormones to be high whilst your satiating hormones become low. And that's why people tend to make bad food choices and be craving when they've not had enough sleep. Uh, refined uh, carbs and fats will make you more tired. So you want to try and keep your levels as steady as you can. And it does become a vicious cycle. Now, typically, like we said before, that mental bandwidth, realistically, in the morning, first thing, it's going to be full. It's going to be in a good spot. As the day goes on, it gets lower and lower, and that's when poorer choices come into play, especially when it comes to foods. Now, for those that are you know tracking calories, you're going to be in a worse off position here using my fitness pal. I won't get into that whole talk, you know, conversation again. Um, but you know, your choices typically, realistically, won't be as, as good if you like, and that can affect sleep. Now. You want to be smart with your food because typically if you're having sugary foods or poorer food choices towards the end of the day, which is what your average person would do, um, that's only going to realistically keep you up at night. That's only realistically going to affect your sleep. Therefore, if you have less sleep by the time you wake up in the morning, if you've even slept, you will be in a, in a worse off position, whether that's mentally, whether that's physically, even your mood and choices become harder from that point on. So take that into account when you're choosing your, your food choices or, or planning your meals out. Um, another one is blue light glasses. A lot of people, whether it's for work or they're just scrolling on Instagram or scrolling on socials, will be on their phone late at night or watching TV late at night. Now, it's not realistic to say don't look at any screens past 8 p.m. because realistically, no one's going to be able to do that. So instead, blue light glasses, they help block out certain lights that come from your phone or come from your laptop like me myself I work till two in the morning most nights so like you know it's, it's it's unrealistic I can't not look at a screen just due to the severity of the job and I've actually got four five screens in front of me whilst I do check-ins um so you know the glasses have to be on they're on right now and it's it's 20 to 7 you know it's they're on most of the day I live in front of a screen um I don't want it to affect sleep I don't want it to affect my eyes um all these little things you know they might sound like small things but they do add up uh, so as well as that, funnily enough, we get a few check-ins coming through, clients complaining about sleep, um, that they get up in the middle of the night to go for a wee or whatever, and then they can't get back to sleep. This one's an easy fix. Now, I know a lot of people want to stay hydrated and 100%, yeah, you should, but sometimes you can have the same amount of fluid without the downside of having to wake up 
going for a wee in the middle of the night and then it breaking your sleep up um, or then you're not being able to get back to sleep. It's just a case of pulling your fluids a little bit towards the end of the night. You can still get the same amount of fluids in. You're just essentially pushing them into a smaller window, a bit like intermittent fasting, uh, but with your fluids. So if you can get the same amount of fluids in, but pull your fluids a little bit earlier, it means you're not waking up in the middle of the night. Let's be honest, by the time you wake up, you get out of bed, the uh, floor's probably cold, you know, probably boxes or underwear or whatever, it's going to be chilly. Toilet light, bathroom light comes on, the sound of the flush, cold water on your hands, all that. It's just gonna, it's just gonna keep you awake, and it's gonna wake you up, and it's gonna keep you awake, and it will affect sleep. Uh, so polyphasic sleep or broken sleep, as it's called, isn't optimal. It's better than no sleep, but if you can help it, don't have it broken. You, you once you're in a deep sleep, you want to try and stay in a, a, a deep sleep. Um, as we mentioned before about obviously screens and phones at, at night, a lot of this comes down to uh, mental stimulation, which is like a, another point. You could be looking at something, whether it's good for you or bad for you, whether it's good news or bad news. If you see something or hear something, that can keep you sort of stimulated. And I don't mean that in a good way. You know, whether you're watching a film, whether you're scrolling on Instagram, all it has to do is just plant that seed in your head and then you will start overthinking. Now the easiest way or one of the easiest ways to get to sleep is pretty much to try and switch off from what's going on or what you're thinking about and it's easier said than done i don't i personally don't know anyone that can just lie in bed and they can just switch off and not think about anything i i can't even do that i have to i have to listen to something in the back to make me focus on one thing and focusing on one thing is much better than what my head normally does which is focusing on clients business this that growth everything else i need to try and switch off but in order for me personally to switch off I have to focus on at least one thing and that's what I do. So I've had it before. I've seen something and I think you just, your brain sort of just starts firing up, you know, whether it's thinking about work or how you can fix this person's problem or how you can grow the business or new car, whatever it might be. And it could be good news. It could be bad news. Either way, it's going to have the same detrimental effect with sleep. Um, Either or, it doesn't make a difference. So you want to try and, find something to zone in on now whether it's a book personally since i've not read a book before bed since the third harry potter book back when i was in primary school i'm not gonna lie um so that doesn't really work for me uh, but i know it does work for a lot of people they'll they'll pick out a chapter they'll, they'll try and read and they'll probably fall asleep before the end of the chapter uh, personally i listen to something whether it's a a sleep walkthrough if you've if you've not heard of that it's usually someone with a very calming voice, usually female, um, speaking very slow, uh, just talking you through what they class as a sleep journey to help put you to sleep. It's pretty. If you were to listen to it in the daytime, it's pretty boring, but it just, it needs to be boring to not overstimulate your mind, but at the same time, it needs to give you enough just to focus on, to listen to it, to help you fall asleep. Typically, I put it on for about 20 minutes. I don't even get to the end of it, and it does it does the job. And that's, like I said, I worked till 2am in the morning. By the time I brushed my teeth and got into bed, because I've only just finished working, I can't stop finish. I can't stop thinking about work. So I need something like that to calm me down. Now, if I had like a normal nine to five job, realistically, most people have switched off by that time. They don't, you know, they don't have the same stresses. So it's usually a bit easier to get to sleep in that sense. But, you know, whatever your problem is, something like that, or whatever keeps you stimulated at night, if that is a problem for you, something like that can help um quite a lot um so there's just a few tips 
whether it's you know you, you sort of the way you're doing your fluids, whether it's uh, you know overstimulation uh, mentally, whether it's the, the lights from the screens, um, you know it can be poor food choices before bed. Uh, it could be a lot of things. Now all of these little things, all of these little fixes, if you want to call them that, might only account for one percent of progression each. Now that one percent might sound negligible, but we call it habit stacking, where we build that solid foundation and we build it up. If each, if 10 of these items give you 1% each and you've improved your sleep by 10% on top of whatever it was before, that is quite a substantial jump up. That is that is a bonus, that is progression in itself. Sometimes that's all the motivation you need and all the, you know, that momentum that you need to get the ball rolling. I'll take 10% over 0% any day of the week where you can get that, and don't forget these things cost you nothing. Even blue light glasses cost you about 12 pound. Um, yeah, they look stupid. They feel stupid. I won't let anyone see me with mine, but they do the job. Everything else here is, is free. It doesn't cost anything. So at no cost and at no effort to yourself, what have you got to lose if your sleep isn't great to try and get into that sleep routine? I actually call it, I've got some of my clients doing this. I call it a sleep routine. We have a certain, we have an alarm at a certain time specific to that individual. It just, it just goes off whether it's half nine, whether it's 10, whether it's 11, tells them, right, okay, let's just start unwinding. Let's just start, you know, brushing our teeth, getting ready for bed. And their body naturally gets used to that time. Their body knows, right, it's time to do this. It's time to pull my fluid down at this time. It's time to take my supplements or my zinc and magnesium at this time. It's time to start sort of getting to bed and start to unwind at this time. It's what we call habit stacking and you'd be surprised at how well, well it works. Um, but people do need to understand how detrimental that sleep deprivation can be, whether it is from from work or, or personal stresses, business stresses, you know, relationship stresses, could be anything, don't matter what it is. But, you know, if it's something you can control, control it, fix it. A lot of the times it comes from external circumstances that we can't control. And if we can't control it, we have to learn to manage it. And something like this or tips like these can help manage it. Now, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, it's obviously not optimal, but your body can actually survive on three hours sleep per night and then three 20 minute naps throughout the day as a baseline. That is enough for it not to affect your next night's sleep and so on and so on. Obviously, I'm not telling people to only live on four hours sleep at night, but that is the baseline that's needed. Now, obviously, you should always leave enough time mentally in your diary or in your day to, to allow for more than that. I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but demands of the business with the amount of clients we've got and the size of the business it's you know it's not always realistic and where I mentioned before it does cost something out of your life luckily business clients do not take a hit it comes out of my own life personally which is a risk I'm willing to take uh, but you know again if it, if it in terms of clients I, I wouldn't want them to take that risk um, end of the day this is all about progression whether it's you know it physically mentally for a better quality of life so we want to sort of attack all angles and progress all angles where we can without it costing anything so hopefully that helped a few people um it's just a bit of a common pattern with some of the check-ins through through christmas and it was to be expected obviously family time families come over or partners have come over or there's been work dues or events and then obviously staying up for um new years and, and whatnot you know it was bound to happen there were a few late nights it's natural at that time of the year, especially Christmas, um, it's, it's bound to happen. So just wanted to put a bit of information out there, a few tips on, on helping to improve sleep, um, helping to, you know, get some form of sleep routine. As stupid as it sounds, I, I call it my bedtime. When my alarm goes off, it actually says bedtime and it's got the emoji of the, the guy with the Zs. So, and you know, no shame, I don't care. 
but it's it's just the routine to help me get my body into into some form of routine and I know full well if I didn't have that it would be a lot worse than it already is and I know for a lot of my clients who I've got on sleep routines and bedtime routines you know if you don't mind calling it that um, is always more beneficial and like I said no cost no effort no financial cost either there's no there's no downside to it at all um, and I'd be very surprised I've never met someone or worked with someone who we haven't been able to improve their sleep on some capacity so hopefully a few of these tips have helped a few people bit of a different one today um, next week we are going to be talking about classes and the downsides of classes and not digging anyone in particular but how typically instructors well it's a fact are less qualified um what they sell versus what people actually get um, and how people tend to limit their progression um, or do more damage in these sort of boot camp um hubs these these class these class environments um and even these online ones as well like your courtney black app exercises for example so we are gonna have a bit of a rant next week um anyone got any anything we, they want us to go through obviously you guys haven't seen what we're going to be talking about specifically yet but ignore that um anything specific you want us to go into detail with any questions fire it all over the more you put in the inbox the better we'll list it all down we'll make a make a note of everything and we'll make sure as long as it's relevant we'll make sure we go through every single thing one by one so until then we'll catch you guys next week <laughs>